So we jumped off with the idea of the words of Jesus in Matthew 28. And he said what? Go and make disciples. That's what it means to evangelize. Uh, Teach people about Jesus. Show them what he's done in your life. And make disciples. So go and make disciples. That was the key. And then in Acts 1.8, which I've got up behind me, but you will, and these are my highlights, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. And I pointed out how the power was given them in order that they might be powerful witnesses to what Jesus has done for them or had done for them and was doing for them. And that's our job as well. And when we go out, the church is what seasons the world. We either make it good or bad. How? We make it bad by being silent. We make it bad by being inactive. We make it good by being involved, by praying for our neighbors, and we're going to get into some of that today. The world is a better place when the church is seasoning it. And sometimes the devil convinces us otherwise. Next week's going to talk a little bit about that. But I want you to understand something. God has a plan for us. And it's not a plan where we just sit down here and go, oh, I can't wait till he comes. I, and Ron, I hope God comes soon because, man, I can't make it much longer. No. No, we're supposed to be out there, what? Sharing the light. Every time I, I read the news, I just feel in my spirit like, Ugh. I want to just vomit. The nasty stuff going on today. We can shed light on that. And we should. The church. You and me. If you're born again, if you're filled with God's Holy Spirit, you are the light. Poke your neighbor and say, you're the light. Very important. In Matthew 5, I actually had 10 through 16 was what I read last week. I'm going to just read 16. Don't hide your light. Let it shine brightly before others so that the commendable things you do will shine as light upon them and then they will give their praise to your Father in heaven. So when people see the light in you, it draws them to our Heavenly Father. It draws them to Christ. Hallelujah. And then finally... Share your story. That's what he wants us to do. What has God done in your life? Anybody by a raised hand, you could say, God's worked in me. Most of you going up. That's what people need to see and hear. They need to know who you were. They need to know now who you are. Some of us were born again at an early age, some later, some really late. I've known people on their deathbed to say yes to Jesus. I don't recommend that, by the way. That's pushing it. Why wait so long? Receive the good news now. Do what you need to do to get right with God now. Don't don't wait, because you might not have an opportunity on your deathbed. But I have prayed with people that did receive Christ there. Hallelujah. Share your story, which is really His story, and if not us, who? I have a short video that's going to introduce the next 
E. So go ahead and take it away, guys. I love the Psalms. And I'm going to get into a bunch of them here in just a minute. But what I want you to grab hold of today is, is simply this. God has a miraculous plan for each one of us. He has something for us to do, and that, whatever that is, it's, it's absolutely amazing. And it can only be done with God. But when you realize that our hope is only in Him, it can only come from Him, it gets a little easier uh, to be able to rejoice or to enjoy what we're doing. So guess what that first E stands for? I just alluded to it. What would I say? Enjoy. Who said it? Man, if I had a prize, I'd give it to you. <laughs> Jennifer got it right. Enjoy the journey. That's, that is what I believe God put on my heart several weeks ago. We don't talk about this very often because we often think, well, we have to serve God. And we do. That's, that's important. But you know, God wants you to be happy. Now, I, I use that term loosely because you can run in all directions with the word happy. But what I'm saying is God doesn't want you to be a sourpuss through your whole life. Amen. Well, I'm serving the Lord and you know, it's, it's not that easy to do. Yeah, great. That's a witness. Right? No, God wants you to be full of energy, to be happy, to be who you are, but to enjoy the journey while you're going through it. Hallelujah. Jeff, you're one of the people, man, that whenever I'm around you, it seems like maybe you're not like this at home. Is he like this at home? Ah, she's laughing. <laughs> that must mean he is. Anyway, but he, he just enjoys God. He enjoys life. Can I tell him what you do once a week? Not, not, the, not the night of prayer, but he shows up here just to have time with his heavenly Father. And he comes out of here smiling. What do you think he smiles so much? Why do you think Pastor Barb smiles so much? She was with a couple ladies uh, yesterday at different times, and I'm upstairs trying to study, and all I could hear was her laughing. Because she loves the Lord. And she loves people. And that mix is good, right? So you probably heard this message before, or I should say this passage Jeremiah 29, 11. How many have heard it? I'm going to get in trouble for putting up such a dark screen. Sorry about that. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you what? A hope and a future. You know what? I've heard this thing quoted so many times, but I don't know that I've ever actually had somebody talk about where it came from. So today, I, I thought it was interesting that the Lord said this to His people during a time that was not very good. They were under attack from all sides, and it was their fault because they were rebellious. God said, all right, if you want to do it your way, fine. I'll let you. And this is going to be a part of it. You're going to be taken captive for 70 years. Woohoo! Who wants to be a slave for 70 years? Raise your hand. 
Nobody. I'm sure that they didn't raise their hand either. But this verse comes after this explanation is given. So I want to jump back to verse 4. And I've got it up behind me. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Don't decrease. How many have read this before? couple of you. When I read this, I thought, wow, if this was me, if I try to put yourself in their sandals for a minute. If this was me, you know what I'd be doing? I'd be moping. I can't believe God did this to me. I'd be trying to lay low, not to draw attention to myself, but that's not what God told them to do. He said, I want you to act like nothing's wrong. I want you to live in the moment. Every day is a day to give me the praise. Every circumstance is the day to be joyful about where I put you and what you're doing. It's not a matter of having a choice. This is a command from God that we should enjoy life to the fullest regardless of our surroundings. Their circumstances didn't determine their future. And as I thought about modern day, and, and I, I think of where are we headed? Where's the church headed? Anybody know? Any prophets here that really hear from the Lord? And I, I've heard mixed reactions that this thing could go either way, whatever's coming next, whether good or bad. It, it could be really hard on the church, or it might even become easier. I don't know. But this much I do know. God said, wherever you're at, you have children. You marry them off, and you have grandchildren. You don't decrease, but you increase. That's the Word of the Lord. And I believe you can apply that to this generation. Can I get a good amen? Here's something that, uh, Sarah, I'm going to give you up. So Sarah wrote me the other day, or sent me a little message, and, and she was kind of surrounded by darkness, and, and uh, you know, it was a hard week for her. Is it all right that I tell them that? It wasn't that at all. It wasn't bad. It was just hard, all right? But while she was in this moment, God... And it was raining out, right? And God said, miracles come during the rain. And I thought of that, and I thought, man, that'd be perfect for this morning, so I asked her if I could share it. And, uh, if I took it out of context, I'm sorry. But the, the gist of it was, miracles happen during the rain. Some of you are in a, a time of your life that you never dreamt was going to come. And it's dark, it's cloudy, it's raining, and you're like, What's next? And I believe that the Holy Spirit wants us to know that miracles come during the rain. 
Hallelujah. Moving on. Got to turn the page to do that. Where am I? Oh, verse 7. I like this part. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. When I read that, I thought, now wait a minute. Isn't this the opposite of the way you would think it would be? Because I've always thought that if we prosper, our neighbors prosper. But this is actually telling the people of Israel, while they're in captivity, if you pray for your neighbors when they prosper, you will prosper. Isn't that like God to turn things around on us? It seems like just about everything in heaven is, is the opposite of the way we think it should be. And it makes a lot more sense because I started thinking about it. Who are they praying for here? The Babylonians. Were they best buds with the Babylonians? They were enemies. So what God was really saying was, and Jesus spoke to this later in the New Testament, pray for your enemies. It's easy It's easy to pray for yourself to prosper. How about praying for your enemies to prosper? Not that easy. But when you do, as they prosper, you will prosper as well. I thought that was a pretty cool little nugget. All right, where was I? Sorry, kind of losing my place here. I think this is the lesson. If we pray for our neighbors, for their prosperity, then we will prosper. If we pray for peace over our neighbors, over the city that we belong to, we will also have peace. So this is that reciprocity thing that I believe is throughout Scripture. And the lesson is, be content where God places you. Be content with what you're going through right now. You may not be happy with what you're having to deal with, but I believe this. If you will be content and allow God to move on your behalf and pray, I believe that you will prosper, meaning you'll have a full life. Prosperity means to have a full life. It's not just about money. It can be about money, but it's not just money. And we've kind of gotten that thing backwards. When we hear the, the prosperity gospel, it's like, whatever. Jesus said it over and over. He wanted to give us life and life to the full. I'm going to share that in just a minute. He wants us to prosper. That means to have abundant life. And if you happen to have money, great. But I think more important is that you have children, that you have children's children, grandkids. And children's children's children. Great-grandkids. I'm almost there. It's scary. That third part. I don't know if I want to admit it, but it could happen soon. Ah, too old. It's bad enough I'm a grandpa. I love a great-grandpa. Be content where God puts you. All right. Verse 8. 
Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says. Do not let the prophets and the diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you... Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. You have to, did you catch what he's saying here? In other words, the people were kind of dictating what the prophets were going to say. Hey, don't give me bad news, man. Just, just give me the good stuff. We have to be willing to hear whatever it is the Holy Spirit wants to say to us. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. So the important thing here is, in these last two verses, we need to realize that not everybody who says they represent the Lord represents the Lord. There are wolves in sheep's clothing. There are false prophets who are trying to undermine the work of God and convince people that, hey, this is the way to go. This is the warm and fuzzy road that I want you to take. Why, God will not let you have any kind of adversity in your life. I've heard that. Man, if you're under a preacher like that, you better run. You want to, go on, you want to listen to somebody who preaches the truth in love. But there are people out there, and this is why it's so important that you understand what the Word of God says. Test the Spirit. First, it has to line up with Scripture, whatever, whatever that person says. If it contradicts Scripture, immediately it's wrong, it's false. Second, it should line up with what you're sensing in your own spirit. And if, if down in, and I call it my gut, if down in my gut somebody tells me something and in here it's going, then I don't receive it. Because it, it should be confirmed. The Holy Spirit should confirm it with me that what that person said is accurate. And it may be for somebody else, but it isn't for me. Do you, do you get where I'm going with that? But we need to test the Spirit. I shared from this passage... Just to say this, if God's people, the Israelites, if they could live 70 years in captivity and enjoy it, how much more should the people of the America, the United States of America, how much more should we enjoy the life that he's given us? The land of the free. And we still are overall. How much more? And yet, it seems like we find everything under the sun to bellyache about and complain about. I'm sorry. If, if that, I don't know where that voice comes from. <laughs> test, test the spirits. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is John 10.10, but I wanted to read from verse 9 only because it keeps it in context. Yes, Jesus said, I am the what? Gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely 
and find good pasture. So what this is, what's leading up to this is you need Jesus. All right? Number one, you need Jesus. He is the gate. Wide is the path that leads to destruction, and we're going to talk about that guy next. All right? The thief's purpose, and he's not talking about a robber. He's talking about the devil. The thief's purpose is to what? Steal, kill, destroy. He didn't come to bring life. He came to destroy God's work. In any way, shape, or form, any fashion that he can, he's going to try to undermine what God's doing. Because he's jealous, he's hateful, he's spiteful, and he doesn't want you to have what he can't have. And he can't have it. Because he gave it up when he left, was kicked out of heaven. The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose Read that last part. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. This was the crux of enjoy the journey. This is what I'm jumping off of right here. Once you accept Jesus as the gate to heaven, then you're able to go freely about your business on the journey And he said, you will find what? Good pasture. You know what that means? I love this. This actually quote out of one of the commentaries. It, It says that God wants to give us a life to the full, suggesting fat, contented, flourishing sheep. Fat, contented, flourishing sheep. I like that. <laughs> Who's, who did that? Jeff. If you're fat and contented and flourishing, that's a good thing. Now we're all going to picture each other. Have, have you seen that one? Uh, it, it's uh, animation, but where all the animals are like this big and I, I love the one, they were the, the little uh, gophers or the uh, prairie dogs, and they're all like, he, if you don't know what I'm talking about, this is going to sound stupid, but sorry about that. Uh, anyway, so they're this big around, and then they see a shadow go over, and it was a hawk, and of course, prairie dogs like to hide from, so they all try to get into their hole, and one of them gets stuck because he's so, I don't even know why I went there, but in my head, that's where... God wants to give us life to the full, suggesting fat, contented, flourishing sheep. Now, some scholars suggest this passage is only referring to eternal life, but I believe if that were true, Jesus would have been more specific. How many would agree with me that we serve a big God? So, if, if you treat God as a little God, little, little G, if you put God in a little box, just give Him a little bit of space in your life, then you might be living a boring life. But I don't believe that's the life God wants us to have. I believe He wants you to flourish. He wants you to be fat and sassy. Not, don't lean on the sassy. Well, don't lean on the fat either, but anyway. 
But you get where I'm going with that. God wants us to flourish. He really does. I believe that God wants us to have an amazing, full life. You know, before I met Jesus, wow, it was dark. In my life, it, it was dark. Even in this broad daylight, it was dark. In my, my soul was dark. But after Jesus got hold of me and cleaned me up and forgave me of my sins, man, I'm telling you what, everything changed. I think for the first time, I had a smile on my face. I, I almost felt like I broke the mold when I, because I never smiled. I was always ornery. But after I met Jesus and he came into my life, man, everything changed for the good. I began to realize that, you know what? I don't have to be this ridiculously down guy anymore. Because I got Jesus. And people come to me and they go, man, dude, what happened? I get that big grin. I think they hated to see that big grin. Because it always meant Jesus. I always pointed them to, you know what? Jesus. That, that was just the go-to. Jesus. Hey, how come you're so different? Jesus. Hey, how come you stopped cussing? Jesus. Hey, why don't you drink anymore? Jesus. Got a cigarette? Nope. I got Jesus. Want them? And I was that way. <laughs> I freaked people out, including my wife and family for a little while. God wants us to have an amazing life. Uh, some other versions of this are right here. The message says, I came so that they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. How cool is that? The, the New King James says, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. And I, I think one of my favorites is the Amplified. I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it abundant in abundance to the full till it what? Overflows. What does it mean to have a life that overflows? I should have probably got some water in a cup and gone down here and bumped into Ron and then he'd get all wet and then he'd get mad at me and that'd end the sermon and then he'd punch me and then it just goes south. But the idea is that we are so full of God that when we bump into people, what spills out? Good things. Fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Gentle self-control. Uh, which ones did I miss? Always long-suffering, whatever that is in English. <laughs> Patience. <laughs> anyway. That's what should spill out. And when people run into us, sometimes accidentally, sometimes not, sometimes it's intentional, we, we sense that God's saying, go talk to that person. They don't know it's intentional, but you do. Other times, he just sets it up. You trip into somebody, and it's like, whoa, there's opportunity. And you get to share the, sto the story God has given you, his story, how he changed your life. Hallelujah. 
your life should overflow into the lives of others. Where people will ask, why are you so happy? Why are you so upbeat? Why are you, how come you don't get mad at me when I say stupid things to you? I had men ask me that years ago when I worked at General Motors. They would try to push my buttons. And it wasn't easy, but I just keep praying for them and just try to keep smiling. There were a couple times when the flesh rose up, though, I just admit it. We won't go there. God wants us to be people who flourish, who enjoy the journey that they're on. This isn't it, but we're not supposed to wait till we get to heaven to enjoy it. That life to the full begins the second you say yes to Jesus. I've met Christians who are like Eeyore. Well, I think it's going to rain. I feel one that's going to rain today. It always rains. Don't be Eeyore. Don't be like that. Be full of life. Proverbs 10.28, the hopes of the godly result in happiness, but the expectations of the wicked come to nothing. And I I know I, I stuck a coffee cup there, but it can have whatever beverage, hot water, tea. I want you to know this. The devil has his people And God has his people. They both have people. The difference is that the devil consumes his people. God blesses his people. Big difference. I don't know why anybody would want to serve the devil. Because he's a liar. He may get you to think that it's all good. And then he takes your life. Be a part of the blessing, not the cursing. Now, I talked earlier about the Psalms, and you know whether they were written by David or uh, his son Solomon or somebody else, the point is, is, is they all kind of take us to that place where we meditate on God and, and what He's doing and what He's done. So if you find yourself in a tough spot, go to the Psalms. Psalm 144, verse 15, and this is the Passion Translation, if you didn't figure that out. What bliss we experience when these blessings fall. The people who love and serve our God will be happy indeed. Can I get a good amen? What bliss we will experience when these blessings fall. The people who love and serve our God will be happy indeed. So, let him be first in your life. Verse, uh, I'm sorry, chapter 16, verse 11, the NLT. This shows us that if we seek the Lord and his ways, that he will grant us joy and pleasure. You will show me, read this with me. You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. Wow. You know, we could hang that one up over our bed and read that every morning and then at night again. God wants us to have joy. 
And that joy comes when we spend time with him. And, and again, Jeff, not to wear you out, but when I see you come in on, on a Thursday night when you don't have to be here and nobody else is here, and you do that just to enjoy his presence. And let me tell you this, and I believe this, this came from the Holy Spirit. He said, I love Jeff, and I love a re- the relationship we have. And here's the thing. Jeff's not anybody special. God wants that same relationship with you. It's just that he's the only one doing it. You hear that? Not beating anybody up. I don't mean it like that. All right. Do you want to enjoy the journey that you're on? How many say yes? Then study God's word and it will light you up from the inside out. I love Psalm 19.8. The precepts of the Lord, the, the commands of the Lord, the word of God are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. You want to be lit up from the inside out? Get into the Word of God. We've got so many ways to do it today, whether it's a a, a hard copy. Some of you have those yet. Whether it's a digital copy on your computer, your iPhone, your iPad. Get in the Word. It feeds your spirit. You want joy, you got to have that relationship. you got to have the Word of God in you, and God's Word feeds your spirit. So some of you are starving. Some of you aren't fat sheep. Some of you are skinny, teeny little skinny sheep because you haven't been feeding your spirit, man. The psalmist also wrote that when God is first in our lives, He will give us the desires of our heart. Take delight in the Lord, and He will give you your heart's desire. So what this says to me is simply this. God needs to be first in our life. And when He is, when we put Him there, then He will give us our heart's desire. Now I want to move to the New Testament quickly. John 15. And and again, here what we're seeing is a discussion about the vine and the branches. All right, That's where he starts. And, and Jesus is referring to himself, saying that I am the vine, you are the branches. And as the main trunk, we are an extension of him, if you can see our, yourself that way. And then he says this. He says in verse 5, If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. All right? And then verse 7, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. How many could say that's good news? But the point is that you've got to be plugged into the vine. That means that God has to be first relationally. You've got to have that relation with him. And then God's Word has to be second in your life. If you're going to bear fruit, you've got to know what God's Word says so that you can do it the right way, the righteous way. Live righteously. All right? And that's what feeds our spirit when you get into the Word. And then verse 11 of chapter 15. I want you to really read this part. 
My purpose for telling you these things, Jesus said, is so that the joy that I experience will fill your hearts with overflowing gladness. He just got done talking to them about these other things. Have a relationship with God. Get plugged into the vine. Stay plugged into the vine. Get into the Word. And the things you pray for, whatever you pray for, will be given to you. And then he says, the reason I'm telling you all this is because I want your hearts to be overflowing with gladness. How are you doing on that? (laughs) Can I ask a question? Who couldn't use some Jesus joy today? I believe this passage shows us how to do that. Go back this week, meditate on this. John 15, go back and begin with verse 1 and and just read up through to this verse or beyond. But let God minister to you. God wants us to be filled with His joy and with His gladness. By remaining close to Jesus in all that we say and do, There we will see God move on our behalf. And we will surely prosper and enjoy a full, rich life. No matter what our surroundings are. No matter what our circumstances are. Amen? So begin to wrap this up. My first question would be, are you enjoying the journey that you're on? You know, this is kind of a litmus test of your relationship with the Lord. If your life isn't what it should be, if you feel like it's not, then there might be some things you need to improve. And and it might be beginning with just having a conversation with the Lord. There are a lot of people that don't understand that about God. They picture God as this white-haired, white-bearded, untouchable God who's up there in the universe. It's really hard to bring Him down to the level where He's sitting there and you're, you're sitting here. But that is the relationship He wants with you through His Holy Spirit. You can have a conversation. And it might start out weird, But if you'll give him the time of day, he will show you what he's capable of. If you're not enjoying the journey that you're on, I I believe there are steps that we need to take. The first is, I've said this already, Jesus has to be the Lord of our life. There's no other place to start. You can't start it on third base. You've got to start on first. First base is Jesus. Ask him to forgive you of your sins and make you a new person. Step two is begin to serve God. Let Him be the Lord of your life. Let Him direct you. Let Him help you as you serve others. When you serve people, you're serving God. Jesus said that. If you bring even a cup of cold water to one of the least of these, you're giving it to me. So when you get out of your comfort zone and begin to serve others, You're actually serving the Lord. Third step, pray for peace 
Pray for the prosperity of your neighbors. And I already said this. Sometimes that's not easy. Especially if they're a bunch of heathen. But when they prosper, you will prosper. When your city's at peace, you will be at peace. We need to be praying for these things sooner than later. Let's not wait until they're knocking at our door. And then step four. In the title of today's message, enjoy the journey. For God wants you to have a full life. A life that's overflowing. A life that overflows into the lives of others so they can see what he's done for you. That doesn't happen if you're a sourpuss. If you're, if you're an Eeyore. People aren't going to want what you have. So if that's you, confess your sins. Get right with God and let him work on you. You ought to be able to put a smile on. Sometimes it's by faith, right? You know what I mean. But eventually it'll be just habit. That's what God wants for you. Would you stand with me? Whether you're here or on live stream, I don't know if there's anybody that doesn't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But if you haven't committed your life to Christ, that first step, yet, remember what I said, Jesus said, I am the gate. Right? Meaning that there's no other way to heaven. There's no other religion that's going to get you to heaven according to Jesus Christ, according to the Bible. Well, you're exclusive. Yeah. No, I'm not. The Bible is. Jesus was. He said there was only one way to the Father, and that's through the Son. I didn't say that. Jesus said that. I'm not going to contest what he said. People say that we're too hard on other faiths. You want to be born again or not? There's only one way. There are no other gods. I've been reading about that all week in my class. There's only one. Hallelujah. Jesus said, I am the vine. You are the branches. That means you have to be connected to him if you want to live. And I presuppose someone here was going to say, well, Pastor Norm, you don't know the life I've lived, and I don't know if God can forgive me. <laughs> and I was taken to this passage again in Psalm 30, verse 5, and it says, For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes with the morning. When you repent of your sins, when you invite the Lord to have his way with you, Everything changes. Everything. From the inside out. That's his promise. And no longer will he hold your sins against you. 
No longer will He tell you, you have fallen short, but because you have been covered in the blood of Jesus, you will be forgiven by the blood of the Lamb through the power of the Holy Spirit. So if you're here today, every head bowed, eyes closed, please, just for a moment. If you're here today and you'd say, Pastor, I need you to pray with me. I need to get right with God today. Whatever that means, you know. Would you lift your hand up so I can see it? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you. Anybody else? Hallelujah. And I'm assuming, I trust, that somebody out there listening today on live stream or Facebook, that you are in that place. We want to include you in on this prayer. And as we pray, I'm going to ask all the saints in this room to join me. And I believe this with all my heart. God gave, came to get, give you and me life and life in abundance. And as we give him control of our lives, and that's what we do when we ask him to forgive us, when we make him Lord of our lives, we give him permission to do what he has to do in us to make us a better person. And if you're ready for that kind of, of, of decision today, if you're ready on live stream, I want you to pray this with us and I'd ask everyone to join me. Heavenly Father, I bow to you today. There is no other God that I want to serve. Only one. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Three in one. And today, I confess my sin. I ask you right now, Lord, nail it to the cross. Forgive me and cleanse me of my unrighteousness. And I give you permission to do what you need to do with me. To be the Lord of my life. To guide me. To control me as only you can. And to fill me with your Holy Spirit, with your life. In Jesus' name I pray. Now I believe that if you just prayed that prayer and if you prayed it online, that the Bible says the angels are rejoicing in heaven. And I believe that your name has been written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And most of us were already there, all right? And that's a good thing, right? That's a good thing. We're ready. But now what? Now what? Now the fun starts. You need to go out of here today and enjoy the journey. Poke your neighbor and say, enjoy the journey. And when you bump into somebody, I pray that it be God that spills over into their lives and not the flesh. <laughs> It's too easy for that other one to come out. The more time you spend with the Lord, the more the chance is that that's what's going to spill over when you bump into somebody. And I don't necessarily mean physically, but you get the idea. God loves you. God has a life for you that you can't find anywhere else. He wants you to flourish. He wants you to be fat, and He wants you to prosper. 
spiritually speaking. So go out of here today doing that, all right? Give him the glory. Hallelujah. Father, we again thank you for what you've said and done here today. Remind us of this message throughout the week. We're at the we in this message, W-E-E. Next week we'll, we'll finish up with probably the last letter. But I pray that as we're the, we become the weed, or like the weed, Lord, that you would just build us up, this church. Be glorified in us. Let your light shine in us and through us. And I pray that we would bump into some people this week that need it. That the love of Jesus will spill out. We commit this church and every person that's here and online into your hands. Keep us safe in our coming and going. Again, we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.